Our jingle is the, the, the famous, infamous test of, of the tolerance level of our guests. Um, you look pretty young, uh, so maybe you don't know uh, Wayne's World anymore. But of course I do. Of course I do. Come on, <laughs> that's, that's an insult. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to figure out which one is Wayne and which one is Garth. You know, which one's the cool one, which one's not the cool one. Here, you know, we kind of go back and forth week to week. Yeah. <laughs> So we get every time we get inspired by them, and every time we we tease our guests and we test it with them. So that's why we never we never manage to pre-record this jingle. It's always live. It's always live. Brilliant! <laughs> I, I love this. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm very looking forward, very much looking forward to the conversation. And yeah, looking behind the curtain. I think that's that's what you do, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, what we know so far, and um, that's what we want to discover actually in more detail, is uh, that you are from the company Holy Poly. And uh, first, before we get into what Holy Poly is doing, who is actually Fridolin? <laughs> how did you how did you come to to the space of plastics and sustainability, because that's what it's all going to be about. Okay. Um, well, uh, I have always been doing what I thought is interesting. So later, I think now just with Holy Poly, I found out that's what's called entrepreneurship, but I've never done anything for profit before. But from like the age of, 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 I don't know, six or seven, I've started with like making films or then later uh, stuff like games or events or um, uh, let's say complex creative productions that are completely off anything, just stuff that I thought was funny or, or interesting. Uh, definitely inspired by Wayne's World, some of it. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, doing this and that. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, I guess media stuff or like uh, um, video, digital, uh, also music production. I was never a musician, but I organized everything around it, like like an event or a pr production, uh, sound engineering. But always, I just did it my own way. I never learned any of it. I was like an autodidact. Does that word exist in English? I don't know, but um, like that. I did a lot of things. I never cared about sustainability, um, but did, did that uh, in, in very uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, and then um, after school, um, I didn't really know what to do. I did a, a year of social work, and then I um, 
you know, job here and there to then do a, a, a long trip through East Africa from Addis Ababa to uh, Johannesburg uh, on surface. Wow. Um, yeah, basically backpacking and uh, <laughs> reflecting a lot on, on myself and but also, of course, uh, seeing a lot of things and um, always First of all, inequality, you know, I had more in my backpack than the most of the people had in their house that I was staying with um, and all of that. But then what really struck me was, it was in the south of Kenya, where I had a good connection to really like the, the outback of uh, Maasai. Uh, it's not desert, but I don't know, the steppe, the, the English word for that, grasslands mm -hmm. or something. Um like you know, three three hours on motorbike from the last uh, city to where they have um, small villages with um, you know just a bit of um, uh, like tree branches that form like the the walls and and cattle that they have and um, it didn't rain there for like four years and their cattle was dying and there was they didn't even have like cooking oil or anything so it, it, the the food was tea and and the, uh, old uh, goat milk but the goats were dying and nobody like where's the rain um <clears throat> and then some those who could went to the larger cities and did like uh, tourism jobs or stuff um but it was actual loss of livelihood due to direct impacts of climate change and i didn't really understand it right there but later on reflecting on it that really was the case and that's why like when you say yeah uh, some some parts of africa will not become habitable anymore that's it's happening and it has been happening for a while and i experienced that firsthand together with the you, you know the the i really had a cultural shock coming back and with all the excess of everything <laughs> and of the, the problems that are not really problems and and the um and all of that. So uh, that combination together with then I had to start uh, to to study. I never finished university. That's, that's not something that I'm good at. Uh, like uh, formal, formal education is not, not what I'm good at. But um, uh, I was really lost at, at university. And then I uh, stumbled onto like uh, uh, interdisciplinary um, uh, lectures on environmental topics like climate, like soil, like um, uh, free trade agreements and what they do or, or all those sorts of things. And that's really the only thing I got right at uni. I did, I, then I also started organizing them um, and really got like a high level uh, sustainability professional education without any formal certificates, but with the, with the background of it. And that combined uh, gave me a pretty clear um, understanding also uh, uh, a lot of options how you could get involved. I tried everything from from local parties to Greenpeace to um, uh, Ende Gelände blocking the the the, the coal mines and and uh, getting locked up and and all that. Um, to then eventually come to the point where it's um, yes, I am right. We are right. <laughs> we are shouting the right things, but we're not changing anything really. And it's um, it's frustrating. Maybe it's definitely. I mean, I I don't want to discredit any of it. I, I think it's very important to do the protesting and all, all of that. But for me, it wasn't. Uh, uh, I'm driven by efficacy, I guess, and I have to see that the things that I make um, 
And then I eventually uh, stumbled across, um, like from also my festival organizing path, there were um, a lot of personal collections, but um, I ended up in the space of open workshops um, or a fab labs, makerspaces. So it's like the, a DIY culture, but that is not just yourself, but it is in community where you have, uh, where you share um, basically means of production, knowledge, space, and thus get empowered to build stuff, um, to actually build stuff. <laughs> and then I, like my first project was uh, how I got into the, the, uh, the community or the, like it's a small association nonprofit here, um, uh, was to build your own bicycle trailer. So I still don't have a, a driving license. Don't tell it to my plastics uh, professional friends because it's ridiculous there. But uh, I, I had to have a, an option to carry stuff in the city, right? Um, and it's the perfect solution for it. Um, you can just build a trailer. You can put it to your bike. You can switch the bikes. It's it's a perfect solution. It's really easy design, open source. You see in C-Mill a piece of plywood, you put uh, aluminum uh, profiles beneath it, and it's just a very simple, very useful thing that nobody... There are options that are along those lines that you can buy, but it's, it's really a, a unique design, and I was able to make it myself, and that was like the initial contact great but i also like i always like to do I, i'm not good at, at crafts but um i i like to be able to work on like wood and stuff so i, I was always motivated and then i grew into this uh, nonprofit and started uh, doing entrepreneurship there basically starting up projects getting the community together working on um for example um uh, bottom-up city development how can you shape your neighborhood? Like, how can we exceed this? Um, let's build something, but how can we we have an impact on the nearest surroundings, but on on society, and and, and really do it differently um, on a small scale? That was the idea, and I was doing this and that, lots of different uh, things. Uh, yeah, a um, lot of activity, a lot of learning, a um, lot of creativity, um, but never lots of impact, I guess, but um, at least something practical. Um, and then this open source um, uh, hardware development came along that is called Precious Plastics, uh, or uh, without a, an S, it's Precious Plastic. Um, I don't know, have you heard of it? No. <clears throat> and, and just just before we get into <clears throat> and, and where was it so you are based in germany now right yes exactly it? uh, it's it's in dresden it's still actually next door where we now have the the house for for our company it's it's in the center of dresden it's called conglomerat uh, uh, the, the the non-profit and the space is called rosenberg it's like 700 800 uh, square meters with a lot of different techniques but it's completely self-organized self-funded so it's not a professional service that you get there you really have to work it out if the printer breaks or something but it's a, it's a very inspiring place that we also try to co-fund from our business as well. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so so how long have you been you've been working with holly poly i mean how long has this been an, an idea that that you've been working on is this something that you started a year ago or five years ago yeah, it really started when we discovered this um, this uh, open source development of, of is simple to use plastics processing and recycling machinery like from welded uh, um, um, what's the, the profiles is that like you know that, yeah um, and that was maybe seven years ago I guess um, something like that maybe even eight 
um, <clears throat> where we we had this infrastructure. We could build stuff. We were uh, environmentally engaged. We, we were doing uh, uh, education, and this development came along that made it really simple and transparent. Most importantly, how to work with this material that nobody has ever worked with. So um, that's just from from just this DIY workshop point of view. That's very interesting because on everything else you have like there's experts. You know the the 3D printing guys. It's the nerds who know all this stuff. You have the um, the experts in woodworks and stuff. So it's it's hard to get in as a as, a, as someone who is not already doing stuff. Um, so that was interesting from that perspective, and of course from the sustainability perspective, it's. I met people here who are still in contact with. Uh, they're doing plastics recycling for. 30 years now, and it works. It's really as simple as that. You have to just collect it, shred it, melt it at 200 degrees Celsius, and you have a perfectly usable, great material. And of course, that's, that uses a fraction of the energy compared to virgin plastics. I mean, it's as simple as that, but um, it's not being done. And of course, while doing so, you're also solved the waste problem because you use the waste as a resource. It's also very, very straightforward. So we were able to bring all of this together in a very simple setup, just in a container. Everybody could participate and use their old, like, uh, uh, you know, packaging yogurt uh, uh, cup um, or even old toy, whatever. Any any plastic that you could identify is this polypropylene. It's It's printed on it. You put in the, the 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 shredder. The shredder is driven by a bicycle, so it's very transparent, very low tech. Everybody can do it. We, we were able to do uh, workshops everywhere as well. And then you use the, the the regrind that you get. You put it in the next machine. It's just a barrel, heated up with a lever on top. And then you put a a, a simple uh, like maybe even laser cut mold of something like a, a clothes peg or or a ruler. You you put it with a with the the thing that you use to to push up a car. Um, a car jack, is that the word um, that you, um, uh, yeah, and like that, you can then pull the lever and you have a new product and it's as simple as that. And we were doing that. And the funny thing is right now we're having the same, uh, really eye-opening experience of full circularity works. Plastics is a great material because it can do that. <laughs> And we're now having the same experience we had like six years ago in our uh, garage uh, with uh, the big corporations, where of course everything took much longer, but the same thing works. It's, and <laughs> that's what's happening so, right now. So, so what yeah. are the corporations like? Can you can you tell us some names of the corporations that you? Uh, yeah, for example, Bosch or or Mattel um, or. Um, Let's see, I can't tell uh, all of them. Lamy is, is one um, yeah, yeah, the, the doing pens, the, the pens. The toy company, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the second largest toy company or, you know, Bosch um, uh, or um, Nook, for example. They do baby care soothers and, um, and, and baby bottles and a lot more that I can't name, unfortunately. But they're like the big brands. There was like what happened in between. We did that. It worked perfectly because everybody's amazed at how easy this works. And we, we designed a, a really nice like ecosystem of from five minutes somewhere on an event where you see this and can do the process and you're maybe more interested, you can get involved deeper and you can do a three hour workshop. You can even start designing products or building machines and like that. The entire black box of plastics industry was unraveling. 
for mm-hmm. the people and that worked well but the problem is it's like growing potatoes in your garden it's a nice thing but it doesn't change anything about how agriculture is being done and so people can't go to the shop and buy something recycled even though it would work so we were seeing this <clears throat> we were uh, talking to industry people from the plastics industry from the recycling industry uh, and also for, to uh, to some brands who actually reached out to us in that nonprofit state uh, back then and everybody was pointing fingers at someone else why it doesn't work <laughs> like this machine isn't there but i don't i can't invest in that machine because i don't know if uh, people will then buy my material or the stream is too inconsistent um yada yada it led to 30 years of not implementing something that worked for 30 years <laughs> mm-hmm. so we were thinking how could we change that what's the systemic approach that us we were eight people back then like the core group of who, who really wanted to make to professionalize out of out of the the, the open workshop um and we it was really quickly done that was amazing there is something called the the five r model of uh, i think systems or, or change or something it's from ashoka mm-hmm. and you have you have rules you have um uh roles you have uh relationships and two other r's where you can easily map a system and we did that because we kind of knew how how plastics work and and plastic mm-hmm. and consumer products um mm-hmm. And then we placed us in a few areas of it and we figured out that the the place where we can have the most impact is the brand the oem because it has the most connections to everybody else so there's the most pressure at this actor but um we also knew that they have no clue and they are not using recycled materials right now they're not really doing um design for recycling so they don't really think about what happens after the the use phase so yeah, and we also had a, a, the first consulting jobs. They were very simple, but like we, we, that's the only business we had a clue of is how to do a project. <laughs> it was way too cheap back then, but it was something, okay, we can do this maybe. Um, and then we thought, what does the brand need? Well, it needs everything. It needs all the puzzle pieces to come together to build the entire, like I built my bike trailer. <laughs> They have mm-hmm. to get a circular system instead of the linear one. And that's the core idea of Holy Poly. You could also say the Holy is not, uh, it's nothing Christian, but it's holistic. <laughs> it's um, bringing everything together. Uh, the, a, a, everything that is possible has to be within reach because otherwise you always run into some silo wall that seems to make something impossible but in fact you just don't know how to get it you can't try it you don't have access you, you it takes too long whatnot and that's what we overcome by doing two things having a team that has all the expertise so a lot of engineers but also designers sustainability professionals communications people uh, 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 lawyers uh, uh, logistics people it everything you would need together with our own infrastructure that covers the first steps. So when you start from one kilogram to 20 tons, you can't get a partner that is quick, that is reliable, that is uh, flexible. So
So we also have our own machines, not to do serious production. We have the industry there. We can. We, that's also something we do then to, to connect the, the players that is needed and build supply chains. But in the early stages, that's where, where everybody says it's not possible, but they need to have that experience of, well, wow, this super high tech product looks exactly the same. It can do exactly the same, but it's 100% made of 20 year old products. <laughs> Okay, that's not possible, but we need to get there. Otherwise, we will not be able to start. <clears throat> so yeah, that's what we do. That's what kind of what we thought we would do. It's like it, 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 it surprises me how close to the original idea <laughs> we are. And yeah, we founded the company. Uh, we started thinking about this, I think, four years ago when we did the mapping, a little over four years ago, maybe. We started the company about three years ago. And um, now we're there. We have uh, 1.5 million um, revenue this year and um, plan to be profitable by maybe the end of next or then uh, or beginning of uh, 2025. And how many people yeah. are you now in the team? Because you said you have like a fixed team of you know all the experts. Yeah, we are now 27 people uh, on staff and about... 40, 45 freelancers around it wow. um, and plan to employ at least five more staff in the upcoming weeks um, and see how quick that goes. Um, but yeah, we, we're growing, but we want to stay. It is from day one, we, it was clear we had to, we can't bootstrap this. If you have, if, if you want to be able to solve everything, starting at <laughs> knowing nothing, <laughs> we were all rookies coming from university if we had even passed university uh <laughs> start we had to learn it that was also a core idea well this is not practiced so it, it it's not a, a theoretical knowledge gap like in most sustainability cases it's an execution gap and an executional knowledge if that exists so we had to learn it the hard way <laughs> a lot in a lot of projects um and therefore we needed funding um, and we're right now doing doing the the, the last bit of funding. Uh, I hope um, on, on our uh, route to to our break even. Um, so we we've always been a few people, but we will like it's uh, it's decreasing the growth now. So so we I think we will end up at around fifty people on staff, fifty people freelancers. That will be like a and we don't want to do a hundred projects, but ten to fifteen and have key projects grow bigger and bigger, be more impactful, have also a lot of small ones to start new stuff. But like that, we want to, yeah, solve the qualitative challenges, the really hard nuts where everybody says it's not possible. Can we make a soother from old soothers? I think we can, but everybody says it's impossible. So that's what we, because if we flip switches like that, of course, we also have to scale it and industrialize it afterwards. Otherwise it's just a, a nice story, but like that, I think we change what normality is or what is perceived as the standard. And like that, we believe we can um, contribute to really f flipping the table from the recycled product is the the lower quality one mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. exactly the opposite, yeah. where it's where it's embarrassing if you're not recycled because. Mm -hmm. Of course, there is the good one is recycled, and, mm. and we want to solve all, everything that is connected to that. Yeah. Where your 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 plastic, your your raw material, let's call it that, the material that you take and, and turn into uh, a recycled uh, article, a recycled product, uh, is that something that that's coming from 
from the uh, you know from the uh, uh, waste management companies or where where is it you're getting your your uh, your raw material? What you'd call your, mm -hmm. your material for making your products? In this case as well, we take everything. Like the product comes first. It's all about the product. Yeah. yeah. And once okay. we define, and that's important, you have to not have the expectation of doing the exact same product, same part from an alternative uh, material, but you have to think about what is a good pen and how far can we get with recycled materials. And then we scan the market and we do everything. We do, uh, we buy uh, ready-made recyclers that are just as uh, available on the open market. We buy uh, regrinds or even components before that from waste management companies that we then also we also do our own formulation development where we develop our own materials um, to meet certain specs. Um, but we also uh, sometimes go up to the very consumer. So we close the gap to the actual moment where something becomes waste. Because that's uh, what we have to do, I think, is do the same as marketing and sales and, and user experience design when, when you're uh, starting to use a product. It's all a very designed and streamlined process. And we want to apply the same principles to the end of life, where it's like, it's like unmarketing. So can we, can we put the same effort to getting the stuff into our bin and not into the bin that will lead to landfill or incineration? And like that, like if you look at it like from a basic physics perspective, the material is there. We don't have a lack of waste, but we have a lack of good recycled materials. So we have to bridge the gap and we're we're doing this in all stages. Of course, it's really hard to scale a, a consumer, a direct consumer access uh, stream, but it's still something that we start then. And then we try to to get it going. And um, yeah, like that, it's, it's a very individual process uh, that starts with the product on both ends though, uh, on the end product and the waste product. We do specific streams and we try to always be able to do a closed loop like from the same product to the same product. That's not always the, uh, the sensible thing to do in the end, when you think about scaling and costs and whatnot, but it is the highest quality thing because you don't lose quality across one life cycle and recycling cycle. So that's like the, the bar that we try to always have in mind. And that's also why we call our, our own infrastructure, the, the, the technicum, the, the lab, um the closed loop factory where mm -hmm. it's, that's mm -hmm. what we want to to be able to deliver mm -hmm. uh, matt before i let you let you uh take over and ask some questions i uh, just uh, just curious <clears throat> you have your your facilities in dresden mm -hmm. uh, are are you uh, uh do you offer uh companies and individuals that have interest in what you're doing uh, uh if you will tours of your facility to to uh get them involved with what it is you're doing or is, is that something that is um okay you do that but that's not a centerpiece of what you're 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 offering i mean i would be interested if i if i'm in your area sometime in the coming weeks or months to to come by and see it is what you're doing and i think that others would be interested too so yeah um definitely open to that but there is a lot of confidentiality involved in the projects that we do so it does require some preparation, so we don't have like a, an open house every day, but sometimes we, we do, then we have to cover up a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, absolutely. And also for, for our clients, like it's those big reputable brands that have a lot to lose and sometimes a very high um, opinion of themselves. And we are the 
young funky <laughs> Thank you know, you. Thank long you. Hair. I'm not saying yet. Oh, you're not talking about me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a lot of convincing that we have to do. <clears throat> and this moment where they stand in the, in, the, in the facility and they see that we are actually serious. And it has been like that even from the very beginning. We started in the basement <laughs> building our own automated injection machine. It was all... Uh, very dirty and whatnot, but people, when they see this, they see that this is, of course we do consulting, but it's, that's just a means to an end. We, we really are into like back in the, uh, in the early days, we are into the entire process up to the smallest, uh, bolt we want to understand and be able to, to shape it in the way that is m most beneficial. And, and like that, that's, that's a very important piece in, in our sales process to bring everybody here. <laughs> I was just chatting with Matt here, uh, Frito. You probably know this better than I do, seriously. And that is, you know, the world of, of plastic waste uh, is is uh, a world where if you go back some years ago, uh, it was just regarded as waste that, you know, leaks to the environment and becomes pollution. Uh, and and today you have uh, with, with uh, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, focus on recycling, uh, mm -hmm. the, the – uh, the drive by uh, you know regulators and and, and you know, officials to to uh, basically put mandates out there that you need to to recycle plastic waste into something else. Um, I, I wonder if you've experienced at, at any point in time in your your uh, your journey um, competition for the plastic waste that that is. Uh, and I would think that before you 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 give me your your thoughts on that. I'm kind of speculate that I would think that part of your objective would be to show that this stuff is not waste, it's valuable. And so that there are part of you would be maybe a little bit disappointed because, hey, it's no longer cheap, but a part of you would say, hey, mission accomplished. This is exactly what we're trying to do is, is, is create uh, the, the sense that this stuff is not waste, but, but is valuable material. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And also 100% there is competition. People don't like to admit it from the recycling industry, but it's always been the case and it's getting more severe and it does the, the job that we need to be done. It, it pushes actors to sourcing other waste, which is making exactly what you said. It, um, it really hands down the value to, up to the point where people collected, I don't know, on the beach uh, or something. Um, and that's, that's why we say products are key because they do this dynamic, of course, not in an instant, but in the end, that's what's happening. And, and, and I'm, I really believe that's the only right way to do it because then in the product, the full value is in there. If you just put like a, a two cents licensing fee on some packaging that then does 50% of X, yeah, it helps, but it doesn't really build a viable loop because it doesn't work up to the product. And therefore, um, yeah, I think something is happening, but if you look at the numbers and we, we focus on the durable goods, so on the high quality, like uh, electronicals, um, 
uh, cars, uh, toys, uh, household goods, um, stationery, uh, baby care, um, and maybe sometimes also medicine. If you look in these areas, the way is so long, so the road is so, so long, it's like 5% of recycled content we have in Germany. And likely right now, because of the low virgin prices, this is going down. So there is a lot of recyclers who are on the verge of bankruptcy right now because their storages are full and they don't have any sales. Because also, of course, the, the, the industry of the consumer goods is uh, having a hard time after the, the COVID high. It's coming mm -hmm. the hard way with the recession and therefore they, they do cost down. So they buy the virgin uh, and they generally buy less. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's absurd. Well, on the one hand, it's happening exactly the way you're saying this uh, now with the, with the new regulation from, for automotive, where they have, uh, I think 25% uh, recycled content right now is in the talks. Let's see where it gets, but something like that, they will always have more money than the other guys. So they will then get all of the, um, the engineering plastics out there. And then <clears throat> let's see. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In theory, it works, or like in general, I would say it works. But if you look at it short term, also with the chemical recycling pressure on feedstocks that you have, it's dire right now. And that's that's shocking on the one hand. On the other hand, I think it's a great opportunity right now to really leapfrog everything and, and come up with new solutions without being too much in this competition. Because, um, yeah, everybody is pretty busy staying alive <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah indeed indeed yeah so coming back to my, my question because now now you already kind of touched on the challenges right <laughs> that, that, that you had did you also have uh, encounter any like technical challenges and and then as i mentioned like on the other hand what were kind of your eureka innovation moments <laughs> where you said wow i <laughs> well the innovation moments is it's always when you see, yeah, it's when you see other people starting to believe in it <laughs> too <laughs> so the the innovation itself the technical piece okay there is separation techniques there is substances of concern there is purities and all that and and you have to put a lot of engineering in it or you have to organize it take back something but none of this is rocket science it's uh, yeah i think the project management behind it and and moving smartly about it quickly with good resource employment and um yeah just smartly and 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 and, and when you run into a wall you just quickly turning around finding another solution i think that's but that's not rocket science as i said it's not the secret sauce it's as i said it's 30 years perfectly developed technology it's it's nothing new it's an implementation problem and then and the implementation also is it's a money question in the end do you have the the capex and can you build the streams but the the core problem with the products is the engineer or the quality assurance person or someone else who just doesn't think it can work and therefore and who's not of course there's risks and there is change and they're not willing to, to undergo that or to, to, to bear the risks. And when they, when you manage to show them 
in a way that they, where they feel it and where they really become convinced that's the key moments i think and um yeah we're having them uh quite a bit <laughs> um but between that it's always months and months of of really hard work and, and a lot of setbacks um yeah the, the really hard challenges are yeah can you make a, a, an entire stream viable um that's really tough because you are competing against the um very low price of uh, virgin uh, plastics mm -hmm. that is going down and probably will stay low because of the high capacities. So, mm. yeah, so then will you put your money where your mouth is? Yes, but not that much. <laughs> so it's a, like also because we deal with the really large corporations, they buy a lot of plastics. They get like sometimes 50% off the, the index mm -hmm. price and we have to compete with that. <laughs> uh, that's tough. Um, so that's that's a, a huge challenge. Um, and how did you get funding so far? Like, did you? Because you said you did, you you couldn't bootstrap it, of course. But uh, and so, did you have an investor now? And what's the next step? Because you you mentioned uh, you're trying to get a last round of of next funding or something. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. Um, Maybe we can support. Very special offer to you and all the listeners. You can right now invest into Holy Poly from a hundred euros, starting from a hundred euros, but you have to be based in the Dach region. So only um, uh, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, uh, for legal reasons, can participate. But you can check out the campaign at uh, Holy Poly. Ah, so, so there is a crowd investing campaign. Yes, exactly. Thank okay, you. Cool. Um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the first time that we can really open this up to everyone oh, wow. with, a, with a really low threshold of 100 euros. Mm -hmm. um, and we give 8% interest rate plus bonus uh, uh, percentages if we're doing really well. So I think uh -huh. it's a. Uh, wow. It's a good offer uh, uh, for mm. for anybody who who has um, who wants to spend some 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 risk capital. Um, yeah, um, yeah. But we we as I said, we funded a lot, or we raised a lot of money before that. It's I think in total something like three point five to four million um, mm. that we raised so far before the campaign. Um, that is mixed from. A few, maybe like 30 investors, uh, all like business angel level, plus one institutional investor who is the, the, the state VC of the state where we're based. Um, it's, it's a mix of economic development and, and venture mm -hmm. capital. So they they are ready because we're not really a venture case. We're not interesting to yeah. VCs because it's a consultancy business model. But um, yeah, the, for them, it's because they have the economic development background as well. So for them, it's interesting. Um, and the, the other investors, like the 30-ish people, they gave from uh, 40K upward to maybe 300K. That's kind of the mix. So it's uh, people who can afford that, obviously. <laughs> so it's not the 100 euro uh, uh, offering. So that's why it's um, this is special right now. Um, and we also raised money from from public grants and from a bank, from a classic loan. Um, yeah, and the special thing with all of this like crowd investment campaign, the the investors, the institutional one, the the, the uh, grants, and also the loan, 
we have not given out any shares uh, because we want to do something that is called steward ownership, um, which is basically the idea to disconnect the logic of shareholder value optimization from a business and its mission. So you can either decide or get dividends. You can't do both. And that's why, yeah, I'm very proud that we managed to fund this business model with this steward ownership to this point, <laughs> um, because yeah, you know, the usual stories where, where, um, so yeah, but if, if you're interested, check out the campaign at holypoly.co slash rockets. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna definitely, uh, connect it and, and, and mention it also in, uh, in the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think this, since now it's Christmas time coming soon, so we should definitely go live before Christmas so that people have a, a, a purposeful way to spend their money on something that yeah, <laughs> like it really contributes because it enables us to do what we do. What everybody's been saying is impossible. Mm -hmm. It is in fact just something you have to do. And for that, you just need people who are very passionate about it. And we find the corporations, we don't have a lack of clients anymore. That's really the, the thing that we achieved this year. We don't have a traction market problem. It's now about how do we organize that? That's what I wanted to say also from on the challenge side. It's really hard to do 15 projects like this at the same time with 25 people who are very, have very different backgrounds and skill sets and who have to juggle all these balls under extreme pressure and their extreme lack of resources. That's very hard on an individual level, but also, and that's what really what we're having to go through now. We are, we've gotten so big that we have to transform or even further professionalize the way we operationally organize ourselves to be able to deliver this also going forward. And yeah, that's, that's tough because it's, um, <clears throat> has also a lot to do with uh, how you staff the team, how you, what culture is, uh, and we really come from grassroots, you know, consensus circle, <laughs> that's where we started. And now we have to work for like the, some of the biggest corporations globally at the same time in many different ways. So we really have to get a lot done in a short time. And that's, um, that's tough. That's, um, yeah, but we've, we, I think that the hardest part is over, but it, uh, you always think that, and then the next year comes. <laughs> do, do you find yourself uh, ever in a situation where you, you, uh, you're working, uh, you or, uh, or your team, uh, uh, or holy poly, holy poly as, as an entity working with uh, another entity or a group of people or individual uh, that you say, my goodness, how did, how did we find ourselves in the same room with, uh, with, with, uh, with Dr. Evil? uh working together uh for for some common purpose i mean i mean uh with a little touch of humor here i mean have you ever do you ever find yourself in that situation and, and uh, i love this question <laughs> <laughs> i always saw myself as dr eva well yeah you know <laughs> because we just increased the crowdfunding <laughs> yes exactly to one million dollars <laughs> there you go one billion yeah whatever <laughs> there you go um yeah, uh, I wouldn't put it that way, but it's very clear who is serious and who is not. And we have been working for sure for people who are not serious. Um, in the beginning, we had to get sales from anywhere and we did any project. And um, there were also some some involved there where it's, but it's, 
it's easily it's easy to spot that now we can we can identify this quickly um okay so you, you can you can cross off the ones that really don't want to move at all uh, or, or even have bad intentions of just doing cover-ups and stuff like that okay but the the harder part is where it's not that clear what is evil or what is not evil which is a mix of um what i like to call <clears throat> corporate stupidity where it's just because of the size of the organization and oftentimes the way they're organized, there is an inherent stupidity that just happens that is not really due to individuals, but due to ways of organization and, and, and having to get buy-in and, you know, that person is on holidays again and I don't have a process for that and whatnot. And you can't, you can't, you can't tackle that, but only through very driven individuals, a lot of perseverance and good internal communication. So that's really where the consulting piece comes into play. How do you organize that? But um, in order to do this well, you have to have a lot of trust and, and open cards by them. And they have a lot to lose because there's a lot of confidential information. It's a lot of, you know, greenwashing danger. It's a lot of uh, strategy and, and forward thinking stuff. So. That's something that is often lacking this really trans the transparency that would be needed to organize the alliances or the, the, you know, the, the, the momentum internally to really punch through the stupidity. And also, of course, you do have people who are just not interested in success or even blocking. They're not evil, but they're just, they, they don't have the, um, it's not a priority to them or they have, they're very skeptical about quality or something. And that's, some of them you can convince, but some of them you also have through, through using the, 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 the corporate politics, go around them, you know, go above them, whatnot. And I do find myself often in situations where it's just, you can just bang your head against the wall because it's mm -hmm. all there. <laughs> you have the resources. It's clear that it will become a strategic advantage, even mm -hmm. a business case, whatnot. But for some reason, you know, um, and do you have to keep going or you have to have to drop some, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, so now from your experience, um, because you, you already touched a, a bit upon the low price of, of virgin materials, it's going to probably stay. Like if, if I would ask you, like, how do you see the future of, of recycled plastics? Um, where do you see it going? And, and especially I think in terms of, um, uh, the need for scaling up also maybe alternative chemical recycling technologies and also in terms of timeline, like will we still have to wait another 50 years until uh, the scenario that you uh, said before that, you know, um, the, the value of recycled plastic will be actually higher because that's, that's the better product <clears throat> or do you think it's going to happen faster the better product so to say on a material level will always be the virgin materials or the chemically recycled materials it's you have more flexibility you have full stability or more stability um you also just have higher performance in some some instances so um that can't be the area of competition is it a, is it a suitable is it the lowest carbon or the lowest impact suitable material and that's where we prevail. Um, 
So it would be very helpful to have a solid carbon price. <laughs> that would solve a lot, <laughs> um, obviously. Um, yeah, that's one part. On the other hand, I do see, but it's really hard to put a number or to really evaluate that, but the, the value of independence and resilience of material supply, we saw that in the past years, but people are forgetting it now already, but so there is, it is valuable to have access. And if we can organize access, that's, yeah, that's something where we are, the waste will probably continue to be there. Um, and maybe the Swiss canal is blocked or some, some plant explodes or something. Um, yeah. So, but the, for me, it's inevitable. It's basic laws of physics. It's we have to solve the climate challenge. And if we want to solve it, let's use processes or materials that are, have 80 to 95% less carbon footprint. We also have to solve the waste challenge. So let's stop <laughs> burning waste or putting it in big holes. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like where, where it's 2023. Um, that's really ridiculous. So, and if we want to do that, then mechanical recycling will always be cheaper than chemical recycling just because you need a lot less energy that's like that uh, already today and it will con always continue to be so so i think unless we continue to blatantly ignore the boundaries of this planet there is no other option so it's a question of how quickly can we can we get there also maybe what role can we play um, yeah, but that's the speed is really driven by the impact that we can make. If you look at the millions, the hundreds of millions of tons of plastic, uh, that's of course it's, it's, it's stop burning fossil fuels before that, <laughs> but then it's quite a big lever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, just, uh, before we come to our most important question, um, <laughs> Uh, so, because you said you studied something else at university, which you didn't finish, but what is your like personal hobbies next to <laughs> all the work that you're doing? Because it sounds like you're completely, you know, uh, involved in holy holy. And, I am. That's really that's that's a good, that's a good description. Uh, I have much of a life. I have two kids. <laughs> that I uh, care about when I find the time. And uh, I do like to watch stuff like Wayne's World. <laughs> or anything that is true enough. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Um, but other than that, it, it's just ideas that I want to do someday. But it's, it's really, if you want to do something like that, like what we're doing in a central position like I am having, it's a you set 10 years on fire. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And every founder will tell you the story. If it's something as challenging as what we're doing and you have to be ready for that. And, um, quite a few people here are, others are coming in as just employees. And this is an interesting dynamic <laughs> that you have to work out. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, yeah. especially when you scale, right? This is, a, I think, the, the shift when you become also a company for not only a startup or, or you know, a, a purpose-driven founder's team, uh, but also you start to increase your cap uh, capacities and resources in terms of Absolutely. employees, right? This uh, is also changing also the whole dynamics. And, yeah. Um, uh, and how, how do you ensure, like, what what is what are... Uh, do you have anything in, in the company that, that kind of always reminds us of the new employees of the mission or do you have some, some specific events that you organize, you know, everyone who starts gets, has to, has to, I don't know, bring some recycled uh, material with them and then uh, do their own desk or, or plastic chair. <laughs> <laughs> in the lab before they could even start or something like that. Very good idea. Um, <laughs> definitely. What we do, and we've always been doing it, we uh, because we're also a partly remote team, um, we meet twice a year, the first week of January and then the weekend in the summer where we really build coherence and do the stuff that you never get to. And then also we're closed mm -hmm. for our clients and then we... Um, and that's coming up and it will deal a lot with becoming a scale-up <laughs> because that's what's happening right now. Um, yeah, we do that, but um, we should definitely include actual shredding and melting in the, in the first day. You make your own pen, you have to make your own chair, you yes. have to make your own plastic cup before you can even start working at home. But if you don't do it right, then you don't get a second chance, so you better do yes. it right. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah um thanks a lot i think because we're it looks like we can continue uh forever and uh, indeed what we should do is definitely first of all help you also with with your campaign uh and then mm. see how that went and we have another podcast uh where you're gonna be then the scale up <laughs> <laughs> and uh, talk about the developments there and maybe um like i i was already checking your uh stories with the clients and, and some of the companies <clears throat> so i think there will be more to come that you're probably also going to publish. So that's, that's something that we can talk about in the next episode. Uh, but before we let you go, we have a very important question. And um, because we are, we're not only chemistry nerds and, and uh, chemical engineering nerds, <laughs> uh, we also have sometimes some emotional sides and we even listen to music. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why we have our Plastic Climate Future playlist that we now populate over two years with uh, suggestions for, of songs and music from our guests that somehow either connect to them or connect mm -hmm. to them or that are yeah, simply good pieces of music. Yeah. So we need to hear this. You need to help us. <laughs> Since you've been, you just told us you've been in the music uh, business before. So this is going to be interesting. Let's hear this. <laughs> yeah, that's, I love the question. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, you have to answer this question. Um, the first one I would uh, uh, say is uh, Eddie Chacon, uh, Holy Hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, no, no. Alicia, Alicia Korn. 
Ch I don't know how you pronounce it. Chacon, Chacon, C-H-A-C-O-N. Okay, Chacon. Eddie Chacon. Holy hell. All right. Exactly. All right. Um, then I did write it down, but I can't find the things. So <laughs> we, we already had Mariah Christmas. I wish something for Christmas. So we, we don't want that one. Something else. Yeah, no, no. Um, uh, uh, real rap, maybe. Bahamadia Innovation. That's oh, wow. um, uh, always like I think that's really a guiding principle for me and 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 our team to keep it real, but also um, always be ahead of the curve. So mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's it's a him him <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, um, let's see. He's, Should I, do, you, do you find it or should I? Should we're I gonna find it? it, don't worry, we're gonna find it. No, no, no. that's why we record everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a punk maybe? Um, uh, plastics with an X. It's a Viennese band from the 80s. Um, uh, they're really cool and it's called Konsumier mich. <laughs> okay. So, consume me. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, uh, let's see if you can find it on your streaming platform. It's of course very. Um, very off. <laughs> Let's find it. We'll find it. We take the challenge. Let's do it. Um, I have a very long playlist, but maybe the three is enough for now. That should be enough. We, we, come, back, uh, we come back in a few months for three more. Okay. okay. That's, that's great. Let's do that. Let's yeah. do that. Let's do that.